413 says the best days are ahead of thee I, I don't think I've ever really met somebody who is the guy in a video game yeah. Do you know what I mean? Once I saw it all put together, and I still haven't seen or played the whole game all the way through, but I've seen about 30, 40 minutes of gameplay, I'm like, oh. It's impressive. I love you. I love you. I love you. We were running. Oh, 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 running with the night. That sounds good. <laughs> 1980s synthesizers. Yeah, I can fire that up hey. a little bit. <laughs> a little Lionel Richie, <laughs> right? Do a little something over here. Do you play instruments? Uh, I dabble. Uh, guitar, I dabble with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I need to get back onto playing and like work my calluses back up and oh get yeah, that muscle strength going, but. Yeah, when I shed that uh, layer of skin, yeah. I, and I always feel guilty, like, oh, I'm not it's like playing not enough. Wearing a con it's like not wearing a condom. <laughs> yeah. What it's am like, I, oh, shit. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> I don't have no protection. <laughs> oh, this is rough. And it hurts. It hurts so bad. It really does. But when I first moved out, I was playing a lot of guitar, acoustic, and wrote a few songs. Really? Surprisingly enough, got really faded one night. I was having a bad night in L.A., and like, bad night? nights in LA. I've never night? heard of that. What? In yeah. the early 2000s, yeah. this place was Mecca. Um, <laughs> and wrote a couple songs, and one of them was like a country western song that came out. I don't know where it came from. Yeah, but it channeled through in 15 minutes. Really? The whole it just, thing. It just poured out of it you. It poured out lyrics, verses, chorus, bridge out, and I went back and read recorded, it. mixed, Reco mastered, mastered, all, all shipped, yeah, platinum sold, and <laughs> wow. I was like, God damn. I'm a hit and it was crazy I went back and listened to it and, and and checked it out and I went I have no idea why this song came to me but at some point in this career of mine I'm going to get to use it and I will not be surprised if it's the thing that or one of the things that gets me some kind of ridiculous recognition yeah I've yet to use it it's a great song there's it's gonna piss people off Okay, it's just gonna. There's a certain segment of the population is gonna piss off, and I'm okay with that. All I right. really am. But well, it's it's a really. It's called three red packs. Three red packs and a bottle of Jack. Three red packs. I mean, that sounds like a hit. That sounds song. like a country ass song, yeah. right? Yeah, it's yeah. Pretty damn good. Okay, I was surprised. All right. One of these days, I'm going to actually put it out. Well, you used to be in a gospel choir didn't I you did and that's one of the reasons why this songs people gonna be like wait a minute didn't you used to be ah it was at a point in time in my development spiritually where i was at a crossroads clashing sure. with what i was raised on yeah and beginning to explore a different way of looking at that yeah well how religious did you grow up if you're in a gospel choir, probably fairly religious. Fairly like 80% religious, you know. <laughs> yeah, I like the percentage. 80%. 80% of the time, you 80 know. 80% of the time, I was like all in. Yeah. yeah but yeah. I was never the one that was so all in that I just was like, that I adhered to all of the self-limitating rules that sure. existed in religion. Yeah. In the Southern Baptist upbringing. I kind of always was the one that, this was me. 
I would get done with gospel choir rehearsal and then it would be about nine o'clock on maybe a Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday night, I think it was. And I was a dude that I'd be walking out like hugging folks and saying, oh, that was a great rehearsal, great rehearsal. I can't wait until Sunday. It's going to be amazing. Reach in my pocket, break out my hoop earrings, pop them in, and my homie would pick me up and we'd go hit the club. Okay. Yep. So, like, I was there for the Lord. <laughs> I was. But at right. the same time, I, I mean, was. It was moving through me. It was moving through me. But then yeah. there were also some hoes <laughs> at the that club. That had to be dealt with. Right. You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, some yeah. Jezebels at the club that needed to be dealt <laughs> yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. So I had to go. They needed me. I had to serve the to people. To inspire. To inspire them. And so I was always finding myself on that <laughs> that fine line of trying to live sanctify holy life but in, at the same time trying to live a whole life and have fun right and uh fun one out for the most part mm-hmm. but there's always been something a program in the back of my mind kind of keeping me on course i'm more on course now than i ever have been did you ever show up to church slightly hungover <laughs> Girl, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> did, did I? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably get like there's if it, if we have a thunderstorm, the dog. At that there point. were a few times that yeah, I show yeah. up and be like, yeah, I need that wine, the yeah. crackers and wine. Let me get, let me get the, <laughs> let me, let soak me get this the, up a little bit. Let me get the wine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the hair of the dog. You're eating all the crackers. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. But I was twenty. You know, that was what twenty one yeah. through thirty. I stopped. I stopped. Yeah, I stopped going at right right around 30. Because so I was like, you know what? Let me just go live my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whatever this is, let me just go live my life and do my thing. And if I come back to it, great. If I don't, great. I always wanted to be famous. That's what? like, I always wanted Even to. Even as a little kid? No, like, I always what, wanted When did to, it hit you? I always wanted to be, I always wanted somehow to be big. Right, right, like right, a, right. Like, not branding. All, I don't understand those words then. But I always knew that I was destined to do something that was on a bigger platform. Sure. And so when I was in this gospel choir, I was always like, man, we're really good. Why are we just here? Yeah. Is like, nobody seeing this right now? Y'all seeing what's cracking? Yeah. Like, this is great music. Yeah. I can direct my ass off. Mm-hmm. People, I got the whole congregation. I got, I got people that can't stand up standing up. Right? Yeah. Praising and rocking and doing their thing, falling yep. out. And I'm like, oh, okay. And having fun because I love music. I just love being a part of what What the, uh, uh, vocal register are you? Mm. you tenor? Back then, I was a tenor. Back Okay. Yeah, back then. And that, like when I say tenor, I mean like uh, the Fred Hammond, Kirk Franklin tenors that were, they hit them ridiculous notes. And I can't hit those anymore. Um, but... I'm now probably a baritone. Um, well. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. I know this song. Do you? Are you making this up? Sounds familiar. Just playing a few chords right now. A couple couple chords. You got to throw some majors in there and mm-hmm. some like thirteenths. All right, now we're going to take y'all back. Yes. Right down to the waters of Jericho. There's, there are no waters of Jericho, just walls. <laughs> I shouldn't be playing around like this. With, uh, <laughs> what, what, what are you drinking? I'm right drinking now? Woodford Reserve. 
I shouldn't be playing. I love, I love, I love the uh, the character of a uh, of a gospel director that's slightly that's like just a, slightly, just a little. Yeah, yeah, just like making tweaks and stuff. But right. he's a little tipsy. He's a little lit. You know what I mean? He's like, all right, congregation. Uh, we want y'all to come together. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I had a good day. Tomorrow will be better than yesterday. Google 413 says, Thy best days are ahead of thee and low. I always love that word, and low. I don't know where it came from, but like <laughs> whenever you watch Moses or the Ten Commandments, yeah, they always use that phrase, and lo, the angel of the Lord. It was always and low. I'm like, who's and low? Yeah. Lil John's like, but I don't know. Right. No. <laughs> so we say and low. And low. Did we start? I feel like we might have started. Oh, no. We're, we're in this. We're in. This is a free flowing <laughs> go wherever we want to. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, tomorrow's Sunday. So. <laughs> Y'all get y'all pennies. I like the idea of you thinking that that we haven't started recording yet, and then you're like, "Well, let me down this room. Let me get this (laughs) room. Let me let me do this." (laughs) Yeah, man. I grew up. uh, I grew up in the church too, and uh, I. I mean, so much of my family's life is that you know that duality. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think. I think most people who are in church, yes, really are trying to find what's my balance. What's my balance that I don't feel too guilty about. Where the rest of my life, mm-hmm. I'm not feeling like a horrible person. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Guilt drove me for so long. I mean, it's such a huge thing with religion. It's a, it, it, is, it hangs over you. They, they use it as a, oh, it's you know, the hook. it's a tool. It's the, I, look, people can believe whatever they want. Mm-hmm. I really don't care. Yeah. Whenever I roll into any belief system where the hook is guilt, if you don't have that guilt, then you don't have no power over people's emotional stability and what they do with their lives, then you don't have no power. And I firmly believe, and this is just from my past experiences, Mm -hmm. I firmly believe there, I don't really buy into the whole devil stuff. I don't, I finally got to a point where I went, oh, that doesn't really make sense, right? I've got a very, very specific understanding of things. But with that said, I believe that there are more folks that are scared of the devil or Satan. Mm-hmm. And like in ancient Hebrew, Satan meant was Shaitan, which meant crazy thought, but that's a whole different sermon. Um, more people are afraid of what might happen if they don't believe. Yes. Then they are actually coming from their full heart, believing in something. A safety net, if a you will. A safety net. Yeah. Fo- like they say FOMO uh, mm-hmm. or FOHO. Fear of hell. I don't know what the O would be. Fear of heavening out. <laughs> fear, of, fear of helling out. Yeah, fear of helling out. Right? So, I mean, and, and it's not a knock. It's just if you're if it's used as a tool to keep you in fear, we know what fear, we know what fear looks like when it's propagated. Yeah. And how it can sway people into believing one thing or another. So you don't believe in Satan. Do you believe no. in 
demons or ghosts or supernatural stuff like that? Um, I don't believe in demons and ghosts. Um, I do believe that when the physical body breaks down and you the the energy that's animating it leaves yeah. it, I do believe that that energy's gone somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that it's possible that that energy could get stuck in between this physical form yeah. and the next form of energy that we may not be able to see and interact. Because I've had too many experiences and too many moments where I've felt the presence of family members, um, where I've felt a hand moving things in my life and in my career, protecting me, usually protecting me. Um, or even nudging me not to go down a certain road. Mm. And it's always the times where I ignore it and go down that road that I'm like, oh, that's what they were trying to tell me. Yeah. Um, so I don't, I believe that we're all energy. And I don't believe energy can be created or destroyed. These are facts. And I used to have, I had this philosophy. It's real simple. If I cut off my pinky, do I die? If I cut off my hand, do I die? If I cut off my arm, do I die? And I started going through the whole body and I went, you know, the truth of the matter is there are vital organs in the body that keep this physical form rolling. But if it's not, but if your spirit is not in your pinky, then it cannot be in your brain and your heart. Those have to just be vital parts of the physical carbon machinery that keep you going. And then once that disconnects whatever's actually animating us right now has to go somewhere mm-hmm. right yeah. so if i can't be one physical body part then i can't be any body part you dig it okay like i can't if i can cut off my hand and i'm still going right but my spirit doesn't live in my hand and i cut off my head i may not still physically keep going mm-hmm. right but my spirit energy has to go somewhere it has to be in something and it can't be in any one body part because we know people that are alive without a brain right like they got a brain stem and they're 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 there right yeah you got people that have portions of a heart and they're there they're function they may not function like we do but they're there uh, what they're, up? right like, uh, <laughs> they're in the physical form yeah 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 so that all i'm getting at is if you can't take one piece of it, then no piece of it is what you are. You're something more than that. So you have to be more than this flesh, this brain, this heart. You have to be something more. And once that disconnects, I don't know what happens to it. Yeah. I don't know where it goes, but I know we're that we're more that than we are this. Okay. That's all. That's kind of profound. Yeah, it was kind of deep, but that's but what like happens it. when the Woodford gets flowing. <laughs> Hey man, I dig it. I dig it. Light, 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 light. You know, like light conversation for. A... Hey, <laughs> hey, you know what I love about this podcast? It goes. I. It can go as silly as we want, right. or it can go as profound as we want. Right. That's what that is. Very free form. Very much where we want to take. Right. You know. Uh, when I met you, so we haven't known each other really crazy amount of time. No, no, we're still getting to know. Each we're still getting to know each yeah. other. Uh, but I gotta say, so uh, the way that Jason and I met was through our wives. Yes. Uh, they met randomly at Random. a restaurant locally to where we live. Yep. And they hit it off. They both had baby strollers. They got baby. to talking. Yep. And 
my wife doesn't ask me very often to do the double date thing or the couples thing. So she's like, I really want us to go out with Tio and her husband. Right. And I was like, you know, I'm sure you've been, <laughs> you've been in that situation. It's always weird. It's always weird because you're like, you know, you might be hitting it off with yeah. your friend, but yes. like the husband but the, thing. They might it, not click. It, it might not click at all. It kind of like the kids may be friends. Exactly. And then the adults are just like, yeah, we don't have to be friends just because our kids are friends. Yeah, just drop them off. Just, yeah, yeah, we good. We'll exchange. That actually yeah. happened to my mom. That happened to me in high school. Really? One of my close friends, no, no, I don't, yeah, I won't say names. One of my close friends in high school, me and him were buddies. I was friends with his brother. Like the three of us made each other laugh constantly. And, you know, my parents are very, you know, outgoing. My mom was very outgoing. My yeah. dad's a little more reserved. And I think we were at, I think we were at a sporting event of some sort, probably track, I think. And their mom, my mom and their mom, my mom started to try and chum it up with their mom. And their mom was like, you know, we don't have to be friends just because our kids are. Just straight up. Straight up to her face. And my mom was like, oh, okay. I can support that stop talking to her yeah all good fast forward some something hit the fan at one point and someone needed a pickup like could you pick the boys up and drive she's like oh well we remember when you told me that we don't have to be friends because our sons are friends i don't have to pick your child up just because our sons are friends my mom clapped back my mom's like we'll hold on to shit oh yeah and then clap back and she was she was not happy, but I'm like, you know, don't be rude. But sometimes some folks just think they can say whatever they want. Yeah. Every but once yeah. in a while, I appreciate brutal honesty. Like I, oh. I, I've, I did an audition once. Did you? Where you audition in this town? <laughs> Every once in a while. You kidding? I did an audition once before I left the room. Yeah. They're like, you didn't get it. <laughs> it's like, thank you, thank you for just. I, I am. Thank you for letting me Such know. A fan. Tell me yes, tell me no, but tell me something quick. Right. Yes. I was like, great. That's way better than going out of there thinking, man, I killed it. And then like hinging hope on stuff. Absolutely. It's draining. It's very. I literally, oh. I felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders as I left the audition. I go, that, I, awesome. I didn't get it. Yeah. I can go on about my day and exactly. not give a rip. Exactly. About these people. Oh, that. I wish more people were honest in this town. Like, I, I wish it was too, but there's too many crazy people that are like, no, 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 give me another shot. It's like, Ugh. yeah, that's true. That Ugh. is true. When people get like real super desperate needy and, and desperate like, and they cling to yeah. that thing. I've got it. I right. swear. No, you yeah. don't. No, I could do it again. So no, I could, do y'all want me to try this sad or angry? I can cry on cue. No, we good. It's a, um, a I can comp. make myself throw up. You're like, what? <laughs> it's a McDonald's commercial. Yeah. <laughs> we good. <laughs> We good? I, I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is way too much. It's a little too much. That's not what we're going for. It's crazy. Um, I'm wired to be really honest. Yeah, I'm a Virgo. Yeah, grew up in a military family. Uh huh. Um, was always the 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 young guy that would see what was happening in front of people and just call it out for what it is, mm -hmm. and would blow up certain situations and just blow up people dating with other people and 
knowing full well that they didn't like each other or he didn't like her. And I called out, man, that stuff blew up in my face so much. And I, I realized bet. I was like, oh, people don't want to hear the truth. A lot of people don't. They really don't want to hear the truth. It. They want to live in a false reality that makes them feel, I don't want to say, that makes them feel whatever positive affirmation they want to whatever feel. version of themselves that they want yes, to be seeing that yeah whatever version they want to be seeing and yes. i'm the one that goes yeah but no because you really can't sing no i get it you spent right. all this money yeah albums, you did the lessons you did the things all that. producer sessions yeah yeah your throat sound like a carburetor fell out of it <laughs> <laughs> that ain't it <laughs> that ain't it it's not and i got to la and it was really weird because everybody, not everybody, a lot of people like to live in this bubble of false. I just want to be safe, okay? Right? Safeness. Jason, safe spaces. seriously? Like, yeah, just like. I want to be in a safe space. I don't, I don't, I only want to know so much, okay? Yeah. Uh, I'm here to blow your shit up. <laughs> Listen, don't tell me too much, okay? Yeah, look, so the role calls for a character with a deep voice, and you don't have that. But I could I could put on No. I could put on but a But we don't want you. I could put on a deeper voice. Yeah. Now you sound like an actor I know of, but I can't remember his name, but you ain't him either. Okay, well, you know, I'm willing I'm really good with direction. Uh I just told you that you can't do this and you still trying to go down the road of do this, you can't take direction either. Well, I would be willing to take direction if you were willing to guide me a little bit more have you ever you thought about your direction as a director your skills may not be so up to par you could be right but i am directing this project this this new media project which means i'm in charge and you not so i'm gonna be the one to tell you that you need to go take classes okay and well, basket weaving because acting ain't it for you basket weaving basket weaving you know what it's people like you that ruin this place for other people. Pretty sure it's the people that drive cars entirely too much that ruin the atmosphere of this place that make it bad. No, no, no. It's people like you that tear people's dreams down and don't care about their well-being whatsoever that I have a problem with. I'm trying to save you the heartache of wasting the next 15 years of your life to only get to the end of that 15 years and be right where you are today i'm gonna prove you wrong right and then i'm gonna call you up and i'm mm. gonna be like oh hey mr new media director pull out your phone my phone number is okay three two three mm -hmm. six four two uh-huh eight nine mm -hmm. what are the last two digits oh five okay. save as asshole that's why i like simon cow so much the, the first version of simon cow i know brutal brutal just freaking he brutal. did not care i i hate hate is a strong word i need to learn how to temper that i you, enjoyed do you, know, do you know that emo song from back in the day the which one hate is a strong word but i really 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 don't like you <laughs> i never heard that one emo oh yeah some yeah. pop punk emo like what about me reads emo <laughs> as i do a hair talk i don't know jason, do a, jason i don't know i don't know jason you've never heard that emo song seriously no. nah well sorry nope those okay that must have been back during my gospel days 
<laughs> it would be fun to to test you uh, me naming different uh pop punk or emo bands and, pop punk and see if, if you have heard of them pop punk or pop punk emo like comma pop comma it's punk. like pop punk slash emo or pop so punk. they're all that's like one category kind of lumped in because true emo is more specific to a certain group of bands got it but like pop punk slash emo is okay. like something that kind of went mainstream okay you know are these derivatives or offshoots or it, it, it are the roots of pop punk emo in 80s new wave probably because i lived 80s new wave i mean okay everybody's gonna be inspired by like the cure and yeah. you know what i mean like that's that's a great example of like okay they're derivative of like show me show me show me how you do that you know you know yeah and then like but they're like okay that but we're gonna wring it out and make it more muddy and make it more dirty and with okay. that mud we're gonna put on eyeliner and we're gonna maybe do a little cutting on the wrist and Ooh, get in there and yes. so violent yeah like that was I'm gonna not have a pet crow and a pet crow yeah yeah that was not the 80s but yeah i get where that came from i see yes. how they took that and fused it with right like hardcore punk yeah and a little bit of it sounds like a little bit of touch of grunge sure okay yeah, yeah. All right. okay yeah those are the music those like those those are the genres of my my generation right right, right. you know because i'm i'm all gen x yeah like all gen x and <laughs> it's either new wave hip-hop like no not even hip-hop rap like full-on who, who are your favorite rappers oh god i used to love ice t mm -hmm. his first few albums um old school like curtis blow Cause I'm Curtis Blow and I want you to know that these are the breaks. Give it up, bring it up, bring it up, hurrah! Like those were rap lyrics back then. Yeah. Hurrah! That's where the hurrah would work. Mm -hmm. But that—that's whole thing. Um, but like, anytime they're saying Hotel Motel, Holiday Inn, you know it's a good rap song. You know it's a good rap song. Early LL, like the first. God, I remember when Bad dropped. I was a sophomore in high school, and I was living in Germany, so. You were living in Germany? Yeah, my dad was military. Oh. So we were in Germany in the 80s. And so we had a disconnect with mainstream music. Wait, no, we had a disconnect with mainstream TV. We were th three years behind in TV, but we were current in music. So music would get over to us, and one person would get the cassette tape. The cassette, a cassette tape is... This is for the viewers. I grew up with cassette tapes. You grew up with cassette. All right, so anybody that doesn't know what a cassette tape is, it's a little tiny little y'all have seen guardians of the galaxy oh there you go that's a perfect that's a cassette that's a great tape. reference point save actually. me all this explanation yeah 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 so we would get the cassette and we would just bump it like mm -hmm. somebody who had a boom box and we bump it and i remember all of us sitting there with a piece of paper and a pad playing hitting play rewind play rewind play rewind to learn the lyrics to ll cool j's bad you know what i used to do that that you'd appreciate so i used to have one of those uh stereo cassette players mm. they were the dual oh reel to reel uh-huh with uh it was like a sony setup where what? it had like two two speakers oh yeah and it had the two cassette players, absolutely right? like my a little brother wood grain I, dash a little wood grain a little mm -hmm. piece of metal that was wood grain my brother and i would wait up real late throughout the night because sometimes we'd play new like hit songs on the radio and stuff sure. like that and we would wait and wait and wait for that song to come around and then 
hit record. Record right from the radio. Right, right from the radio. on the cassette Steal tape. It from the airwaves. Before downloading ah. and ripping things, you're ripping it from FM radio. FM radio, man. Right Boom. off the airwaves. Yes. All with the little clicks and clacks and uh-huh. all the sound frequencies. And, you, and, you, and it made you feel like you accomplished something. Oh. You caught it in time. It was great. You sometimes would get it at perfect right after the, the DJ would introduce oh, it. It was the best. I So, similar experience. We were, it was like 85 through 88 that we were in Germany. Mm-hmm. And Casey Kasem's top 40. Casey Kasem. Casey Kasem's Casey top Kasem's 40. Casey top 40. Would come on every day, every Sunday at like 2 o'clock in yep. the afternoon. Yep. And, you know, we're way ahead in time, like. 10 hours ahead in time in West Germany. Um, West Germany, back when the wall was up. Um, in West Germany, born and raised. raised on the playground, <laughs> where I spent most of my days. Chilling out racks and perhaps not fooling. And shooting, shooting some, some people, people outside, outside of the, the school. school a couple of Fräuleins. <laughs> We're up to no good. Started, Started making trouble, trouble in, in my neighborhood. neighborhood. In, my, in my neighborhood. I got in one little war and my mom, my mom got scared. scared. She said, you're moving with your uncle and uncle in Bael. <laughs> in Heidelberg. I do that. I, so it's a little hot for this, but I, I do. A I terrible do, German accent, but that was fun. I do a segment on the show called Wig. Wig. And, oh, yeah. And I have a couple wigs that I kind of want to be back in 1980s Germany oh, with Jesus. you. Jesus. I almost brought my old improv gig, my sketch gig back. I would have loved that. I should have brought it. I would have loved I for you to do that. It. I was like, man, do I bring this? Because I got all kinds of stuff in there from back when I was doing yeah. you know, sketch all the time. I'm rusty as hell, but it's there. Yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, shit. You got some wigs. Wig. I don't know what you want to do. But I know that I love you. I want to take you out and have a drink. I want to come home and wash your sink. Oh, I don't know. But I love you. 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 I've been thinking for so long about you every night. I don't know if I can ask you out. I may or I might. What's your number? What's your telephone? Give me your number and I would appreciate it if you gave it to me before slumber. I don't know what you're gonna do. I don't know what you're gonna say. I don't know, I don't know. But I love you. I love you. I love you, 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 I love you. That was Casey Kasem's. That was like, I feel like we're really getting somewhere. It's like, 
Like, you know, like we put on our American voices for that when we sang it and stuff. You know, I feel like we are very, very close to being as good as Duran Duran, Sam Le Bon. You think so? See? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I we, do are, are you as hungry as the wolf like I am right oh, now? I could really go for a pizza or some I kind of shake right now. I could go for a U2 right now. Mm-hmm. U2? Yeah. 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 I feel like we're like like really close to getting on the radio out here. On, uh, I in truly Germany. believe that we will be on the air and be at the top of Casey Kasem's soon. I would love to be on the top of Casey Kasem's. Oh, the bottom so of Casey Kasem's would be, be so honestly any, anything would be good for me, even in the middle. But we will we'll need a we will need a name. That is a very For good point. For group, because cause it cannot no longer be you and I. Did you stop like, like you keep like doing this with your, your well, hair? It is getting in my eye I know, and it is quite uncomfortable. It's the hairstyles that you chose, okay? It is a look that is not good for my spirit. I know, but you're wanting to be the frontman of this band, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Then start acting like it. You have one piece over your eye. People Klaus, can't see it. Klaus. Yes. Klaus. Yes, Let me live my best life. Okay, fine. Uh, you live your best life. I will live my best life. Okay, so what is the name that you should come I'm up with? I'm quite certain that Millie Vanilli did not have these kind of issues when they were forming themselves, yeah? No, but they had like makeup people and they had like a big crew. Like we're in our garage right now trying to come up with these sick beats. They are the greatest group that ever come out of Germany, yeah? I mean, yeah, they're really good. Yeah, there's people that are inspiring for me and you to look up to, yeah. I just don't understand why you have to be such a climbing flushing. Okay, you do not use that language, Romani. The last time that I heard that was when my father left my mother years ago, okay? I don't know. You know that that's a trigger word for me? Klaus? Yes, Dieter? You do not have to always invoke your mother and your father's, yeah? Maybe I do, okay? Maybe it's coming from a heartfelt place that you are, your, your cold heart has locked out every other emotion. Oh, you... Are you speaking through the xylophone again? Really? Your cold heart blocks out the emotion. Did we just come up with a title for a new album? A new album. It is so brilliant. It's really good. I love this. Your cold heart blocks out the emotion. Your cold heart blocks out the emotion. It's very dark. It it's is very, very dark. It is like a clash between our look yeah. and our sound. But for like, well, should we do the face for the album cover right now? Certainly. Okay, in three, two, two one. one. That's pretty good. This is good. Yeah, yeah. it's really nice. Yeah, yeah I like how this is going. I love it when we sync up. Yeah, it's like first we were kind of fighting, and I was yes. like, "Where's this even so, going?" As well, you know, we are German. <laughs> yes, yeah, we true. are fighters. I know fighters. You know, turns into lovers, turns into <laughs> friends. Let's not go there. Okay. You know, friendships for life. Friendships for life. That's what we like. <clears throat> yeah, that's yeah. good. Okay, Do so I feel like we've got one hit song. It's good. Yeah. Do you ever think we will ever get to leave Berlin and go to the West? I hope we get to go to the States one of these days, you know? I would love to just go to West Germany. Really? That's all you aspire to do is just go to the West side of Germany? Yeah. I mean, Dieter, aim bigger, okay, friend? I am aiming big. Like, even bigger. Do you know how many people have died and perished trying to get apart? Get across West Checkpoint Charlie? Do you know? Do you know? 
Oh, I like this. Let me find it. Let me find it. Find it's it, coming to me. Let time. me find it. Take let me just take a moment. Take your time. Are you going to use some hand sanitizer? Scheiße, what's up? Let me try to find this. Oh, you almost had it. You almost had it. Oh, they do not want us coming across the Charlie. They want us to stay here forever. But we want to be free. We want to be free. We want to go across the jet for Charlie. We to just want to be free. You and, and me. We just want to be free. I say you, you and me. Dieter and Klaus. Forever is better. I would maybe like it to go further, but Dieter always says we're just friends. And I we will. are always just friends. But possibly we took it to another dimension. But we could just leave it as it is. Right here and now. I just wanna be free. With you and me, oh, let's be free. You and me, This is very good. Two hit songs now. This is two. We are on a roll, as they say in the West. Yes, it's not true. Well, this meeting, I feel like, has been really good. We already have two hit songs. So mm -hmm. um, I guess I'll see you maybe tomorrow. We rehearse then. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Great seeing you. Au revoir. That is French for goodbye. You're so new age. No. You're using the French as a Super German French. French. I love you. It is great to see you again, Klaus. All right. Bye, Dieter. Wig. You know I've not gone like full character, like full dive in in so long. How do it feel? Awkward. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. The field of play is still there. Right. But knowing what to do and knowing how to just sit in it. Yeah. And just be like, "F it, I know everything." Yeah. From this character's point yeah, of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is weird because it's rusty. I haven't sure. done it in since 2009 i haven't really actively been in was the that sketch. the last time you were like at second city around then uh yeah actively mm -hmm. yeah i mean i've always popped in and out yeah but where i was taking classes or i was doing shows yeah. between either io or second city 2009 wow. i did the cbs showcase yeah and it was a full-on sketch show it's a big deal now then it wasn't mm -hmm. um but aria arethas um was in my cast uh, who just was on SNL for the season, Ginger Gonzaga, who's on she Gulk. Mm -hmm. We were all, like, those are my people. Yeah. They, and it was crazy how um, 
how deep we went. Uh, Colton Dunn, like we were all that in class it for like six months. Yeah, creating and just coming up with whatever sketches we could, and it was an intense experience. And that was it. Didn't go as well for me. It, it always happens. There's always somebody where one or two people where it's just not gonna it's not gonna play out that great. Mm -hmm. And it for me it was one. Of, I was that guy. It didn't play out that fantastically for me, but. It was one of the best times of my life, one of the hardest times of my life. Because, um, you know, you're climbing and you want that opportunity. Of that course. Break. Of course. And what's crazy is after years of it, you know, being long gone past, you now realize that, you know, the you are the break. I know. Like, it's it doesn't matter what platform you're on, what you're doing, who sprinkles pixie dust on you. It's a, it's a hard mental state to... Uh... To get it. I think you got I almost got all of it. All Could do of one, them. do one more, do one more. It's been a long time since I've had this much blonde hair on me. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm telling ah, on myself. Ah, ah, there we go. Looking sharp again. Looking sharp again. About around the same time frame, the early 2000s, I mean, early tens. Yeah, I yeah we um oh so what I was gonna say yeah. the the long story of of me uh. Oh, us essentially we went on a double date with our wives right out. uh i was so relieved nice callback how cool you were thank like, you do you know what i mean no i appreciate because, that because i have done this yeah with some other couples yeah and it's and it's always like i think the real talk factor you and i hit it off right away with that is because we weren't like i don't even know how to describe it when somebody is just being direct with you versus you're like, oh, there's like a fakeness that's going on here. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm like I said, we're still getting to know each other, but yeah. I think we're the type of people that just present ourselves. It's like, this is me. Take it or leave it. If you don't, fine. On to I'm the next one. On to the next. It ain't going to affect me. I ain't going to cry. I ain't going to lose no sleep over it. This is just what it is. And um, Kazunte, um, I think you said Kazunte for a call. Kazunte. Kazunte. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Slipping um, back in. <laughs> slick Vic. Um, yeah, I'm just, you know, being, growing up in the military, as in a military family, you know, and I always, I always reach back to the touchstones of my life that kind of taught me how to engage people for the yeah. first time. Yeah. And when you're the new kid all the time, Every three years, you're the new kid. You learn, oh, I can't present a false version of me. And I've done that, trying too hard. I've done that. I did that when I first moved to LA. Guilty. Just <laughs> was not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. once you realize that your authentic self is enough to draw people in or repel them and be okay with the repel, if that's part of it. Oh, no, no. I. I think that's a big, uh, just the way I conduct myself with my comedy and everything. It's just polarizing. It yeah. just is what it is. So like I have people who dig it and I'm super grateful. Yeah. And then there's people that are like, why won't this guy be authentic? And I'm like, I am being authentic, right. but you can't accept that I'm a, a big thing that like I'll, I'll give feedback on is like, uh, this dude fake laughs all the time. Can you imagine being in a world where you're having such a good time that you're being so present in the moment? That you're actually enjoying yourself that mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. That's how I try to live my life. Right. And some people like to hate on that. I'm like, you know what? That's fine. Right. That's, you know, you deal with your own thing. Right. But I, yeah. 
Absolutely. I did at one school that I went to, uh, I tried too hard too quick mm -hmm. and it just was bad, bro. Yeah. It was just yeah. you know, people smelled on you. Oh, you they smell on you, you feel it. Of course, it's you're so just like, obvious because you're trying and yeah. you're putting on. A, <laughs> hey guys! Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. And you know, there were times where I remember doing it, being a little too overly excited about. Um, my early sketch days, being too overly excited about what I did on the stage and having my challenge was this: I always had this thing in my brain that thought whatever it is I'm doing is really a big deal. Yeah, and so I would kind of act like it was a big deal sure in places and spaces where it really wasn't but i also was letting people gas me because i just didn't have any framework i didn't know there's no reference there was no reference point so because i had no reference point and this was one of the first things that i was ever doing and i was like oh wow i'm actually doing the thing that i said i was going to come out here and do mm -hmm. i'm doing it in this way and people are making a big deal out of it oh it must be a big deal it's a big deal to me it feels great oh my god oh this is a thing because I was on that juice, it would just come off and just reek of inauthenticity. Yeah. And um, uh, one writer popped my bubble early on. and was just like, relax, man, it's not that funny. And I went, I wonder why he's, I, I didn't get offended. I went, I wonder why he, does, why he said that. And I was able to step back in the course of that year in anything that I was going into and go, is this really a big deal? Yeah. Or is it just getting some attention right now? It's getting attention right now. Okay. I, I can sit back, relax, and now I can just, I can, instead of me worrying about the finish line of the sprint, I can just go, oh, it's a marathon. I'll, these are checkpoints along the way. One of the best, uh, harshest notes that I ever got was from a Groundlings teacher. And he goes, I'm gonna be honest, you're good enough for me to pass you, but you won't learn if, if, uh, if, I, if I pass you right now. Wow. He goes, your problem is not the comedy or the skill set to improvise or do characters, which is a lot of people's when they come into the Groundlings, is we're having to shape them of getting their skill level up to be comfortable seamlessly going into these characters and and all that that's not your issue mm -hmm. he goes you want it too bad that and you reek of it that and i was like what he goes every time you go up i can tell how bad you want to kill and you want those laughs he goes you need to work on that and i'm not going to pass you he that's goes, a great coach it was it was a it was one of those moments. It was it was a defining moment in my mm -hmm. comedy career. Mm -hmm. I was so pissed at oh, the time. Of course. I'm like, what do you mean I'm good enough? But you know what I mean. Of course. How, why is that not a good thing? And then you know, it's like, of course, it's something that I still to this day constantly. He oh. goes, you need to zen. Out. Absolutely. He goes absolutely. As soon as he goes, as soon as you figure that out, he goes, you're going to start booking everything. But when you come into a room. The way that you come into my room every week, he goes, you're not going to book anything. It's true. And I was like, whoa. It's true. Yeah. I, I wanted to, I thought that everything was going to be, I thought everything was my big break. I came into LA with this sense of being discovered, 
wanting to be discovered. Well, I think that that's a it's a an illusion a to a lot of people, and it's a trap to a lot of people who uh, who move out here from whether you're, especially if you don't have family or any context like what you're saying, no reference point for people in the industry how it works out here. Yeah. The discover word is huge. Huge. It's, it's been an ongoing joke with my mom and I now over the years where like I'll be doing a random gig like, uh, it, you know, in the middle of nowhere doing a stand-up gig. She goes, I think you're going to get discovered tonight. You know what I mean? It's just like that kind of thing. Right, right. She's like, this is the night. This is the this night. Is the night. You know? You've been working hard, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody's going to be in the audience. Tonight's yeah, yeah. your night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And like, that's the thing. Like when, And to that point, Part of the challenge was, you know, improv was very much the thing where I went, if I don't know how to, if I can't learn how to use myself, what's the script going to do for me, right? Sure. So I went that route. Yeah. I, was st- I started in stand-up, like early on. I, did, I started going down the stand-up road. And Rosowski said, look, these are two completely different comedic di- disciplines. You need to pick one. Yeah. He said, because you're, he said, Jason, you're gifted. You have something. I don't know what, mm-hmm. but you have something. I don't know if you have the discipline to be able to study both at the same time because they're in opposition of each other. Right. And you need to pick one and go down that road. And whichever one you pick will be the right one for you. Mm -hmm. And you can always migrate to the other one once you get proficient. But don't try to learn stand-up and sketch at the same time for you. Right. Because you want this you want something to you want to be the funny guy all the time right right right. so you're trying too hard and you're going to go on a stage and try too hard and my fear for you is that you're going to try too hard and fail too much and you're not going to be able to get through the bombs and i was like damn and so i stepped back and i thought about it and i went you know let me go down the improv road I've already invested time here yeah. and money here and studying here and I just finished IFA 3 I think and I went alright let me go down this road improv for actors improv for actors mm-hmm. level 3 level 3 Um, and so that was my beginning and I started having success early on but I was still trying too hard but I was having success and, resp- and by success I mean I was getting response right yeah, and those that, responses became very addictive. Of course. And you started going for the response. Yeah. I and mean, in, well, that, that's why it's really hard sometimes. I've, I've done improv over the years with people who are amazing improvisers. Mm-hmm. And then there'd be some nights where they'd be like, we're going to bring in some stand-up comedians to improvise with the improvisers. Yeah. And they hated it yeah. because the stand-ups would always go for the joke. Mm-hmm. Where... In improv, really good, honest improv. Mm-hmm. You're not going for that punchline. You're playing to the reality of the characters and the then, relationships. Yeah, that's it. Yep. And it's you know, and we, I can talk this stuff forever because it's the part of the journey that I found the most interesting. It's it's where I I found myself in the journey of becoming an improviser and ultimately an actor who could improvise, right? Well, that's what's cool about. So I did. I did a little bit of research on you before oh, before shit. coming over. <laughs> um, but uh, I found it really cool. You mentioned in like an interview uh, that uh, they tacked on an extra day for when you were doing voiceover work in Deathloop, mm-hmm. where they basically 
wanted you to do what you do, Mm -hmm. which is invaluable as somebody who's casting something if you can improvise Mm -hmm. and know how to work a character. Yeah. It's, Mm -hmm. you can't write it. It would take a team of people to properly do an extra day Mm -hmm. for recording and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I watched, uh, I watched some of the gameplay footage of Deathloop and, uh, it's really cool, man. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, if you, man. if you, uh, there are some. Uh, I've got some gamers who uh, who um, watch the show, and I play like Call of Duty. I, uh, I play casually and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, if you didn't know already, Jason is he is the guy. He's the lead uh, actor, uh, voice actor in Deathloop, and it's uh, it's really cool to just see like. I I don't think I've ever really met somebody who is the guy in a video game yeah do you, do you know what i mean yeah because yeah. there's so much dialogue so much it's it's insane, insane. it's insane it's, it's insane it's really cool i mean you're talking about i think death taps out at about 50 plus hours of play 55 something like that and that's just if you play straight through there are like if you go off shoots, different storylines story yeah, yeah, yeah. it gets much longer than that yeah and you're not thinking about it and when you're recording it you're not thinking about it in context of how long is this because it's not really a script it's just lines on the page Mm -hmm. and then you get fed the context and you deliver the line based off the context you do this with a grunt could you do this yeah 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 yeah. and here's what's going on the scene here's what's going on the moment Mm -hmm. okay great and you go and you you know you're doing usually triples of everything um and you just kind of lose track of you lose track of what you're doing yeah. and just fall into, you just give yourself up to whatever the character is. And it was wonderful experience. Once I saw it all put together, and I still haven't seen or played the whole game all the way through, but I've seen about 30, 40 minutes of gameplay. I'm like, oh. It's impressive. This is what we did. Yeah. And it it's a great piece of work. I'm glad yeah. to be a part of it. Um very very grateful to be a part of it uh you know you work really long time in this business as an actor to have what i call touchstone projects Mm -hmm. where you're known for um and i'm grateful that after what 16 17 years in the business um i have something that i'm known for that is more than a commercial Yep. Um, it's a genuine bona fide piece of work. And not only you got nominated. And I got a few nominations. For a BAFTA. For a BAFTA. Explain to the viewers uh, and listeners uh, what that means to you and, and just what a BAFTA is. Uh, the British Academy of Film, Television, Arts has a gaming division mm-hmm. that they honor and recognize the technical, uh, technical work as well as the performance work in video games. Um, the simplest way to describe it is a BAFTA is the British Oscars for the gaming world. And they have, you know, they have it for TV and film and they have the BAFTAs for just TV, BAFTAs for just film, BAFTAs for stage. Um, I think they have for stage. No, I take it back. They don't have for stage because it's film and television. Um, sorry, that would be the Olivier Awards. I apologize to my mates across the pond. Um, so sorry. But yeah, it's the equivalent of an Oscar. It's a big deal. It's it's a awesome. big deal, and it was pretty amazing to go through that experience. I got I it was it was cool for me, uh, especially just just knowing you for a short amount of time, and, and as we become friends. But I got to talk with you 
before and after the experience. Yeah. And it was really cool just to see it as a friend, to see it through. There was a, there's like a glimmer in your eye of like when I, when you came back where I was like, man, this was like a, this was like a life changing experience. Yeah, it really was. It yeah. was completely, you know, I almost didn't go. Cause you know, there were, I'd been, I got nominated like seven, six or seven times prior to that. Uh, and I'd won one. Um, and I was sitting there thinking to myself, do I fly all the way over there? Is it going to matter? Is it going to make that much of a difference? What if I don't win? You know, I spent all this time, money and effort and go, went over here. And then something else shifted and it went, you've been doing this for how long? Mm -hmm. And you've been honored by being nominated by one of the highest awards in the industry. They are acknowledging the work in gaming in a way that no, that none of the American, that none of the highest awards in the American um, system are even acknowledging. Yeah. Right. And they should. Right. The Oscars are constantly talking about how do we get young viewership in? Fucking have a video game segment. It would be and huge. acknowledge the actors in video games. That would be absolutely massive. It really if would. they went, yo, let's have a lead performer and supporting performers, just men and women, non-binary, whatever, all in one category, but do lead and supporting mm -hmm. for gaming. It would their viewership would jump through the roof because what they don't realize is how how loyal how invested game, and how invested gaming yeah. fans are. You know, you think about game. You know, we watch TV, right? We turn on TV, we drop in, watch Game of Thrones or uh, whatever shows on the air. We go go knee deep into Marvel or whatever DiCaprio is doing for the year. We go knee deep into it, right? And we love it, but we sit there for two and a half hours, and that's all we get of these movie stars, right? We go in on a TV series and on average, it's a total, if the show's good and goes, you know, 60 hours, that's the length of Breaking Bad. Mm -hmm. 60 hours, six zero, right? Spread out. There are people that invest an entire week with you in their ears, playing, fully immersed and interacting with you as an actor. Yeah. And you have to be believable and make them buy it for the entire storyline. Otherwise, they're out. Otherwise, they check out. And so that's when I really understood what I was being a part, what I was a part of. Yeah. And I kind that clicked for me having conversation with one of my British uh, colleagues who is an incredible thespian. Like Neil Nebon is an incredible actor. And I just got a chance to have a really deep conversation with him. He was in um, uh, Resident Evil Village along with Maggie Robertson, who swept. She had an incredible season, won a ton of awards. But I had a really great conversation with him. Uh, he's tall. He's good looking. He's got this voice. He could be a movie star if he wanted to. And he's more excited about voiceover and motion cap because that's where actors get to do really great character work right and he's into character work and he said jason you know my friend you know people are living with your character in their ears for a week at a time all day long they're immersing themselves 
in your work and they're fully interactive with what you're doing. I cannot fathom, these are his words, I cannot fathom a more incredible acting experience than that. And I went, click. Yeah, that's a cool way to put it. Because last year I was on Mayor of Kingstown and I was in Toronto all summer. I worked five days on set, getting a paycheck, five days. And I'm not knocking it. They had to buy out our time because of COVID. We couldn't fly back and forth. But the amount of time that I spent on that show compared to the amount of time I spent on Deathloop, and Deathloop was one of the biggest video games of the year last year as a hit. You talk about a multi-billion dollar industry. It's an $8 billion industry just in the UK. You have to stop and ask yourself, why is it not being honored and acknowledged at the Emmy and SAG and, you know, Oscar level. I think it will be eventually, you know, if, if people make enough noise. It's one of those, it's, it's a weird thing where like skateboarding as a sport just uh, entered the Olympics, like for like Flatland it's, and stuff like that. that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, it just takes, just takes a while time. where it's like, after a while, it's like, this is a no brainer. Why sure. wouldn't we? Sure. Why wouldn't we be doing sure. this? It'll happen. Look, I mean, <laughs> Lance Reddick stars in horizon forbidden west mm-hmm. <laughs> you know uh carrie ann moss is in the game movie stars are starting to do video games they're starting to get it they're starting to get it yeah because one it's a lot of fun two it's great writing right and sooner or later they're going to go oh we should put this in and people are going to start paying more attention to the Oscars won't necessarily be as stuffy uh, as they are sometimes. Um, I, I think it's gonna happen. Um, I hope it does. Not just because I'm in the field. I know, you know, likely what will happen is then, you know, movie stars and like seasoned actors will start migrating into it and push out all the the people like Jennifer Hale, who's a goddess of the the voiceover world yeah. that has been, she's gotten more, she's like got a world record for voices and characters that she's done in video gaming. Oh, she's wow. been doing it forever and she's amazing at it. And there's so many people. That's the thing is, there are so many people that have had a run on camera that video gaming just opened up for them as kind of a backup or a second, as a way of just working. Mm-hmm. And then it overtook it and it became a thing. Troy Baker is a friend, right? I called Troy when all this started going down. I was like, Troy, what am I getting myself into? Like, yeah. what is going to happen? Yeah. And he gave me some great advice and just wise words just that were meant for me privately. Um, but here he is, an incredibly seasoned actor who's the star of The Last of Us mm-hmm. in the video game world that's now being made into a TV series or movie um, Netflix, I think, TV series starring um, Pedro Pascal, and they. This is what I love. They circled back to Troy and said, "We want to give you a role. It's not the lead, but we want to give you a legitimate role in the game, in the movie." Yeah. As long as that kind of stuff happens, 
Absolutely. Pushing people out that created the vibe and created the whole world. I, that's where I have disdain. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are, um, uh, you know, animated fans or comic book fans, you probably already know this, but Troy Baker is one of the, uh, the people who voiced the Joker. So when I did um, uh, my Joker on DC Superhero Girls, people were tra- tagging Troy and stuff like that and Mark Hamill and different stuff like, hey, what do you, you know, right. no responses, but they're like, hey, what do you think of this guy's take on Joker? And I'm like, <laughs> right. yeah, cool. Heck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What character would you like to play? Like if you had a, a home run character in any one of those worlds, like what character would be the character you just want to dive into and lose yourself in? As far as notable ones that already exist? Sure. One of my dream characters is I would love to voice uh, Michelangelo and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I dig that. Yeah, that's one of my dream characters. I, I mean, I did... I'm hoping that I get to do the Joker more on, uh, it was a show called uh, DC Superhero Girls, uh, mm-hmm. where they kind of borrowed the Joker for their universe. Mm-hmm. I did a couple episodes, amazing experience. Yep. Uh, and it's cool like that I'm a very small part in that DC sure. universe because yeah. I grew up with Batman the Animated yeah. Series. Yeah. Huge fan. Great series. So good. Great um, series. So I'm hoping that I get to do more Joker stuff down yeah. the line. Yeah. Uh, that So that was that was definitely a check mark as far as like dream roles since i grew up with that so mm-hmm. much but uh mikey has a very special place in my heart teenage Mutant ninja turtles to, okay. to to try to uh i'm hoping i get to audition for uh something like that someday i dig it yeah i dig it yeah what about you do you, um, do you have like a comic book character or like an animated character that you're like oh man i would love the opportunity uh, to voices it's so hard for me to answer that question i always somebody always i always get asked that question a yeah, lot. yeah um and I don't ever have, I've never had like this straight answer, but um, like in Transformers, the, um, who was it? He was the ambulance. Oh, wow. Uh, I can't remember the character's name. Um, but I always wanted, I've always wanted to be like one of the Transformer voices. I can, right? I can hear it for sure. Always. And I'm friends with Stephen Capel Jr., who directed Beast Wars. Uh I loved that show growing up. Like it was a great show, right? Great show. Yeah. And I was like, how do I? How do I beg? (laughs) (laughs) Right, 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 right. My friend for a a small bit part, and I just I couldn't do it. I didn't want to put him on spot like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Transformers, are the, I, I could tell you the titles, but as far as characters, I don't think I have any one because I'm just I just enjoy working. But I, it, man, Panther uh, from um, Thundercats, Panther yeah, or whatever his name is, would be cool. So the weird thing is, is, I was always aware of the characters who were black dudes' mm-hmm. voices. Of going course, up, you're gonna right? naturally gravitate. So I'm gonna naturally that. gravitate towards yeah. those, and there weren't a lot of them. Right, so they right? stand out. You're like, that's cool. That dude, I want to be them. Yeah. And it's weird because I used to limit myself that way and go, well, I can only play the characters that are voiced type matched towards mine. Yeah. And now in the world that we live today, I could play. you could play anybody. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to play a vampire. Always wanted to play a vampire. Um, 
it's yeah, I don't I don't have a single Marvel character that I've ever been like, oh, I want to be that guy. I've auditioned for like after the Joker stuff, I auditioned for some other stuff like in the DC universe and I was like, oh, it'd be so cool. You know what I mean? Like right. like different stuff like that. They right. got me excited. Uh and I I auditioned for some Transformers. They're they're rebooting so many of the shows so that we many. grew up with so and many. stuff like that that it's exciting that there's potential. There's potential there. Yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff coming down the pipe. Yeah, that because I see all these auditions and that are coming through, and I'm auditioning for stuff all the time, and I'm going, oh wow, they're making that. Oh wow, they're making that. Um, I did just get. I can't even say what it is. Huge video game franchise that's being turned into a TV series, and I'm in it. Yes, and it's one of my. I can't say it either. Um, because I've said what it is. Uh, ooh, I'm saying way too much as it is. Somebody out there is going to piece together this. Um, but I am in one of my... I'm in a title that's being made into an animated series. I'm really I love excited it. about we'll, it. Well, congrats and we'll leave it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. But it's like... I don't know, man. It's it's fun. I, I love both voice and I just love to act. I think that's part of my challenge. I can never find the thing that, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this. I just like to to work. I like to perform. I just like to perform. Yeah. Um, that was the one thing that Rosowski always would hit me. Rosowski was had the most profound impact on my craft as a improviser. Mm-hmm. And he always would pull me aside and he's like, Jason, you love to perform. When you learn how to not perform, when you learn how not to perform, you'll be performing at your highest level. Mm. And I didn't understand what that kung fu meant for the longest yeah. time. And then there was a distinct moment at UCB distinct moment at UCB. It was actually the same night Donald Glover had just moved to LA right before Community and he had gotten cast and his group came on right after ours. Um, And Tuskegee Experiment was performing and we were just on one. Like we were the first, we were one of the first all black improv troops in LA. Um, When I was coming up in the improv scene, you guys were like one of those groups that People kept being like, Jeremiah, you got to see these guys. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? That's it was crazy. that kind of buzz around That's you crazy. guys. Yeah, yeah. See, I yeah. had no frame of reference, again, right. Right. of what was happening, what we were doing. Yeah. But I was very aware that being on a UCB stage at that time was actually kind of a big deal, the one yes. on Franklin, because there was a lot of buzz. The improv wars were just kind of starting. Like, sure. They were just, improv was, LA improv was probably peaking from 2009 to 2012, right? And I remember being on stage, and Josh Funk used to always talk about, he said, there will be moments when you're improvising where you literally won't have to do anything because you'll see everything that's happening and you'll just be dropping bombs left and right. And all of us were on that night and Every single time I stepped out was something. Just huge blow. Yeah. Boom, we're done, moving on. And I could not miss. And it was one of those moments where I wasn't trying, I wasn't performing, and I genuinely did not give a fuck what anybody in that room thought. I just was in it. And I went, oh, I'm not performing. I'm not even trying. I'm Mm -hmm. in such a flow right now. 
I see everything that's happening. I know what my teammates need from me in this moment. I know what I need to throw this for. I know where the wipes are. I knew where the, I saw all of it. And God, it was one of the most exquisite, effortless, razor sharp feelings I've ever had. And I've never been that good since. Ever been that good sense it's all been kind of a moment here a moment there mm-hmm. but that whole night that set it was flawless improv um and the only other second time that probably right was near it i did um it was when you were doing the german character I'm doing the german character right here a few minutes ago <laughs> yeah dietrich and klaus <laughs> yeah and we were seeing great new wave really good 80s stuff. new wave yeah, yeah, yeah um i don't know i'm just i'm prattling on i don't know I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm proudly on. Um, it's cool though. Yeah, we get those flashes where it's like, with that that can't miss mentality. Uh, you know, you hope that the longer that you're doing comedy, the yeah. more it comes around more and more often. Sure. Uh, I always say that I have um, on my best sets that I'm seeing glimpses of the comedian that I'm supposed to be. Right. Right. Because how close do you feel you are to him? Uh, realistically. I still think I'm another five to seven years out. Okay. That's an honest assessment. Yeah. Honest I'm really, I really love what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. But like each year, I'm like, I look at my like career as a stand up. I've been doing it uh, over 12 years now. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, in another five years, I think it's going to be like really, really cool. Right. You know? Right. And I, and I'm very happy, like out on the road headlining right now. And I'm, and the, the response that I get is always really, really positive. And people are stoked on, on the show. Cause it's like a really good mix of stand up and improv, but mm-hmm. like being realistic, like the, the huge guys in stand up, it takes like close to 20 years to really get like, wow. Right. Wow. Right. Like on everything, right. Where every set that you're like this guy, you know, that yep. kind of response. Yep. I get those here and there where yeah. people are like, whoa. Right. But it's not every single set where people are blown away. Right. Bill Burr, one of those guys. Chappelle, Chris Rock. You walk away from their shows being like, these guys are comedy prophets. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just another level that oh, like we're all chasing and trying yeah. to get towards. So I think that's the uh, a very like, you know, five to seven okay. before I'm like really like starting to hit that more consistently. Right, right. And that's, I, and, and that's, you know, that's even probably me being like more competitive realistically than what it actually is. Mm-hmm. It could be another 10, 15. I, I have no idea. No, I get it. You I know? get it. I get it. Like, so in, oh, I left DC in 2003 or four, four, I think. Yeah. And I think 2001 or two, we went to the DC improv. Yeah. And Todd Glass was, was performing. I love he's and a good buddy. I love Todd Glass. Phenomenal. And afterwards, he's like, So where are y'all going afterwards? Because we were all sitting up front and he was riffing with us a lot. And he was like, All right, these guys are kind of cool. And so we all went to um one of the one of the bars in Midtown. Um, I'm drawing a blank on Midtown DC on 18th Street. And he was kicking it with us, having a drink, and mm-hmm. you know, we were riffing and we were all having a good time and and cracking up. And I remember asking him what it's like being a stand-up and how long he's been doing it and how good he was then. Like, he was effortless then. He was great at what he did. 
And then I moved out here and saw caught I caught a set of a couple guys over at the LA the improv, Hollywood Improv, yeah, the Hollywood yeah. Improv, because I used to live right next to it. And he was in the he was he was in the lineup. And I remember watching him comparing this version of him. I think it was probably 14, 15 years later than the first time I saw him. And he had already been doing it for so long on back in the early 2000s. Yeah. I just distinctly remember seeing how much more effortless and how his joke per segment or section, the number of jokes he would yes. milk yes. out of one concept and one topic went through the roof. Mm-hmm. Like he added like three to four more jokes per topic than he yeah. did then and he killed back then. So I understand exactly what you're talking about where it's just it's just time on your feet. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's mm-hmm. just it's a craft like anything else and it takes work. Some people have a natural gift where they don't it's not that they don't have to work as hard but it comes to them a little easier. Mm-hmm. But then there are but then for them to level up to the next level, they have to go through something hard to get to that place, right? Chappelle had to go through some shit to get to where he's at now where he's like a walking comedic philosopher. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping I'm hoping that he like chills out a little bit on the philosophy side. I love him as a comedian, but I'm like you're funny. You know what I mean? Like, sure. You know what I mean? Like, I'm hoping right. he's 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 getting to that that level mm-hmm. where it's like, please come back a little bit, right? Just a little bit, right? Right? No, <laughs> hey, I know stuff. Look, one of the greatest comedians I've ever seen. Who's been doing this? Who was doing this for decades? I caught Dick Gregory right before he passed. Oh wow! About a year and a half before he passed. I would have loved to see him at the D, at the Hollywood Improv. Yeah, and Dick Gregory trans tr- completely transcended comedy, and was he was f- in a f- philosophical space, mm-hmm. but also philosophical wrapped up in truths that the only place he could tell you the truth was in a comedy club. A comedy club. Because some of the stuff that he was saying would get you killed on the street. Right. Because you talk about, he was talking about alphabet organization level shit. Right, 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 right. right, right Conspiracy, right. like high level stuff. Like, yeah, you probably shouldn't be talking about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he would weave it in into his comedy. And there was times I was like, where is he going with this mm-hmm. shit? And I... I almost told on myself. Um, I had an opportunity to meet him right afterwards because we're fraternity brothers. Mm-hmm. And we had an exchange. He made me laugh. He hit me on some real, some real shit. Called me a motherfucker a couple times. <laughs> he likes it, though. <laughs> he, likes, he liked me, yeah, I yeah. think. Called me a motherfucker a couple times, but said some real stuff that made me go, wow, was he telling me a joke or was he telling me something was he trying to plant a seed and pass something on? Yeah, a truth that I a need to acknowledge. Yeah, that yeah. I need to acknowledge. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, I think what happens is, like Carlin got to that same point. Yep. I think what happens is the more you hone your comedic slant, 
especially if you're an observational comedic. The more you're honing your slant and the more you start watching the world, the more you start seeing how this shit really is. Mm. And the more you realize, oh, the only way I can talk about some of this stuff is with a punchline. Because it's so heavy. Yeah, it has to be followed up. There has to be some kind of sugar at the end of the yeah, medicine. I gotta let you breathe. Because if yeah. I don't, you, you're, I know how, I think a comedian, I think the best comedians are sitting there going, oh, some of the information that I've learned is breathtaking. It will, it, it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. And so they weave comedy in it just for their own sanity. Yep. Because there's some crazy shit going on. Mm-hmm. 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 We're going to close it out now mm-hmm. with some sax talk. Sax talk. Sax talk is the sex story. Sax. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, sax talk. What's your jazz name? Do you have a jazz name? I mean, Jeremiah Watkins is already pretty jazzy. It is pretty damn jazzy. Jeremiah Jeremiah Watkins. Watkins. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Zatarays. Remember those ads? (laughs) Zatarays. Zatarays. (laughs) I used to love those ads, man. I loved them. Zatarays was so good. It's the best rice in a box I've ever had. Oh. Way better than rice-a-roni. Way better. Way better. Not even a competition. Mm -mm. Full of salt. Yep. It's so good. Yep. How long have you been playing? How many instruments did you play? Uh I play sax. Is uh, that a black saxophone? It's a yeah, it's a gunmetal. Uh yeah. It's pretty cool. It is the, a cool the, looking sax. Do y'all see this? <laughs> so how many instruments? Uh sax. I, I play chords for uh piano and guitar. Like okay. you know what I mean? I can't yeah. really solo. Same here. Yeah. yeah so I like sax chords. is the one where I could like I can play. Right. I can you, play anything by ear. By God. Oh wow. If, Damn. If, if if like I used to do, I was in a, a couple different like comedy bands where mm-hmm. I would have to learn um, covers really quickly, right. like in a short amount of time. Right. And I I would basically write it, and then I'd like I'd write out the individual notes so I could play them back. Okay. Like I'd write my own sheet music. Got it. So you've so. like really mastered Kenny G. Um, I mean. The saxophone specialist will still be like, ah, oh, this guy's tone sucks, but it's whatever. I'm a comedian first, sax player second, so I'm like, whatever. I dig it. <laughs> yeah. So Jason is going <clears throat> to share a story of a sexual encounter, and I'm going to play some sweet, sweet sax mm. along with him. Yes. And whenever you're ready, I'll follow you along. So the year was 2002. I was on a sales trip with the corporation I was working for, cable and wireless. We were on the Yucatan Peninsula, Cancun. That's Mexico. (laughs) I was staying at the Ritz-Carlton or the Marriott, I can't remember. Me and the guys and some of the people we was working with went out into the town for the night to go to one of the clubs. Yeah. I had my regular, my usual, a Heineken and a shot of Patron. I was wearing my usual as well. I had on at the back in that day. I had on a, a, a black mesh button-up 
I was buff and ripped, so you know, I was trying to advertise. Had on some fresh slacks and some flip-flops. The night was going as I figured the night would go. I was out dancing, having some drinks, laughing with my friends, and was out on the dance floor kind of dancing to myself. I can't remember what song came on. I think it was something from Prince. I turned around and there was a tap on my shoulder. I turned around and all I saw were legs, hips, tits, and a mane of hair. She was was gorgeous. I don't remember her name because she probably didn't give it to me. She had a look like a, she looked kind of like a a lion is the best way I can describe it. She just kind of was golden and beautiful. And I went, why is this woman talking to me? And I figured it had to be the shirt. She asked me what my name was. I told her, she said, asked me where I was staying. I said, I'm staying at the Ritz-Carlton or maybe the Marriott, I can't remember. She said, well, why don't you walk me back to the hotel? I said, sure, let's do this. It was my last night there. I figured live a little. So we walked to the bar at the hotel. We had another drink. And then she said, let's go down to the beach and listen to the waves. I said, yeah, let's do that, baby. We get down there and she said, what do you want to do? I said, what do you think I want to do? She pulls, she lifts underneath her, her shirt snaps her little bra, pulls her shirt off and tosses it to me and I went, oh, okay, we do, we finna do this. So we started making out. One thing led to another. One item of clothing, then another item of clothing. and The next thing you know, we're both buck naked on a beach. On a beach chair. Underneath one of the little thatch huts. Going for it. And it was great. It was amazing. Because that stuff normally never really happened to me like that. So I just recall having a leg on my shoulder. (laughs) And both her hands hands are around my neck. And the loving was real good. And then all of a sudden she screamed at the top of her lungs. I turned around and she covers herself and I look and it was a federale. Basically standing right here, staring at us, doing the grown adult nasty. And I think he said in Spanish, no, y'all can't be here. And me, in my mind, went, dude, get out of here. I'm fucking here. No, 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 no. But he didn't do it in a kind of way to shoo us along. He did it in a way where he was looking at us lasciviously. 
and he made us basically he wouldn't leave so we had to just we had to stop moment for me and instead of her going her way and me going my way we just sat there on the beach on the chair watching the sun come up and then it dawned on me at the very last minute why didn't we just go back to my room I had the place to myself ruined that moment actually the federally ruined that moment but it was fun while it lasted all I know is she was from Minneapolis that's a story Jason, it's been a pleasure to have you on, my friend. Man, Jeremiah, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to plug anything before you go? Uh, there's nothing to plug at this point in time. I can't. I'm on NDAs for all the video games that I'm under, as okay. well as the animated stuff hey, that I'm working that's a good with. Problem to so have. Look I can't out, discuss them. Look out for Jason. Listen out for him on the different video games you play. Um, I'm on tour right now, JeremiahWatkins.com. You can uh, go get tickets. Uh, I'm being Fort Worth, Texas, September 22nd through 24th. We're doing a live stand up on the spot there, and then uh, every second Tuesday of the month at the Comedy Store is stand up on the spot. We got La Jolla dates coming up, Huntington Beach, Vegas, all that stuff. JeremiahWalkins.com. Thank you, bro, so much for coming on. Hey, man, thank you for having me over. I it really was a appreciate blast, it. Dude. I hope you had a lot, a lot of fun. I know I did. It was. A I blast. think the listeners and the viewers had a lot of fun with Good. us too. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Like, thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys. You can shout me out online. What's your Instagram? Uh, at Jason Kelly with the ey dot jk and underscore jk on Twitter. Awesome. Reach out to him. Send him some good, positive vibes and some love. Thanks, bro. Thanks, man.